My name is Trevor. I'm pastor here at Round Oak, and I'm glad to have each and every one of you here this morning as we worship our risen Savior. But again, it's a beautiful day to worship the Lord. <clears throat> and as we do, we start off this morning. I want to say a couple things before we get into, as you can see, it's a little bit of a mini series we're going to have as we take a break from John for just about four weeks. Um, one of the things I want to think, this is not New Year's Day, but it is New Year's Eve. So <clears throat> this is going to be the start of our New Year's kind of, kind of services, our New Year's uh, sermons or whatever you want, however you want to describe them. And one thing I was thinking of, if you if you listen to news at all, if you hear anything, you might have heard this already. But Webster's Dictionary gave their word of the year, and it was authentic. And it got me thinking, shouldn't we be authentic? I mean, should we really strive to be something more than what we think we should be? I mean, <clears throat> if we want to be authentic Christians, then th there's there's actually a formula for that, right? We don't have we don't get to make up it up. Our own rules, and we don't get to make up our own our own ways of thinking. It's it's already described to us. So if we want to be authentic in this coming year, we need to know what God's word says, and we need to adhere to what God's word says. You know, though we will fail going forward, all of us will fail. We fail all the time. We sin. We fall short of the glory of God. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for coming and saving us. Right, but we should strive to be more like what we've been called to be. And that is followers of the risen Lord. And that's something I just wanted to think about, wanted to talk about. So as we look at this, we're going to have this short series. It's going to take us four weeks to go through. And I've called it the forgotten book. And there again will be four sections to it. But we're going to look at the book of Jude. <clears throat> so if you have your Bible, and I hope that you do, would you turn with me to the book of Jude? It's all the way in the back. If you hit Revelation, you've gone too far. Turn one page back. It's a really long book, so it's going to take us a while to get through, right? So, but as you get there, I want to talk to you about the letter that Jude wrote. If you don't know already, you will, and you find out when you get there. It's really short. It's only one chapter. And, and mine, I mean, so everybody's Bible is a little bit different, but mine is literally just one page. Not front and back, just front. One page. And we'll get through it. And until recently... I mean, not recently, as in like the last five days, but recently, you know, in the grand scope of history, that's not very long, but we're looking at the last, last 40, 50 years, most scholars have essentially just neglected the book of Jude. There's no real reason why, they just haven't really looked at it. There's not a lot of stuff on it. And it's not, again, until recently, where people started looking at it more and more. But as you will see shortly, this book is very informative. Though small, in stature, it's mighty in its its ability to do what it's essentially called to do, which, again, is there for this reason, which is the protection of truth. It's the protection of truth. We'll see also that it strongly opposes heresies, which is a big word. <clears throat> we'll see that also, not only that, we'll see also that the thinking and the misleadings that happen even within the church is something here that Jude is going to talk about that he outright opposes and rejects adamantly. Because again, if we want to be authentic followers of Christ, do we let even little lies in? Do we let little things slip? If we don't like certain things, well, 
this book says this, and I'm not a big fan of that. I don't care. I'm, you can call me a jerk. That's fine. I don't care. If it's, you believe God's word or you don't. And, and I'm going to say what's, what God's word reveals to us. And if you don't like me for being on the side of God, I, again, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't. Uh, who, who are we here for men or to serve God? Plain and simple. You're going to make people mad from time to time. If you stand on the truth of God, you're going to make people upset. You're going to you're going to make them just really upset with you in specific because you oppose them. They don't like that. But again, if you care more about the feelings of others, then you do the revealed word of God and our Lord and Savior, Jesus, Jesus Christ. Then you need to ask yourself a question. Who do you care about more? I want you to really think about that. one. If we're not willing to offend a world who hates you, who hates me, and who hates the Lord Jesus Christ, what do we really stand for? Your silence is deafening. Because we stand for nothing if we do that. If we're worried about offending somebody because they disagree with truth, then do you really follow Jesus? I'm not saying go be mean about it, obviously. <clears throat> Excuse me. But what I'm getting at is if it says that in here and you don't believe that it's true, then you don't believe any of it. Because you are literally calling God a liar and saying that he's not trustworthy. I mean, this is not the easiest stuff. We're like, yay, it's New Year's. We're going to have a fun service. Trevor says, no. Right? And again, I, and I don't say any of these things just to ram certain things home. But I say it to, to actually make a point. Because how we act actually matters. The words we say actually matters. If we say we're going to preach Jesus and then preach, sorry, but some garbage, I would rather you shut up and sit down and never talk again because you are spreading lies. You are doing nothing for the kingdom, and the only thing you're doing is guiding yourself and others straight down a path that leads to everlasting destruction. That's it. It's important to know what the word of God says. We're not all going to know everything. You're going to ask me a question from time to time. I'm not going to know the answer. You're going to ask Johnny a question time to time. He's not going to go know the answer. Chris, same for you. But us three together, we might be able to, between us, we're going to have a lot of the answers. Throw Daryl in the mix even more. Steve, right? We're going to get a lot of the answers. We're going to know a lot more. Together as a group, we can do these things. We're going to have it, but we're always going to fall short. That's why the truth matters so much. Without the truth, we cannot be forgiven. And that's what Jude does here. Again, is we are protecting truth and teaching truth in the face of a world who tells us to shut up constantly. Also in the face of those who are in the church who don't agree with what the word of God says. That's real. We don't like to think of those beside us in the pews of not going to be, you know, 
with us in heaven one day. We don't like to think the thought that there are those who come to church we hang out with every single Sunday or Wednesdays or Thursdays or whatever days that they don't really know Jesus. But you know that's true. Even if you don't want to admit it, you know that there are people who are like that. They come here out of habit because they think they can get something from the church. They can get a position, a name, a title. Look at me kind of status. It does nothing for them. It would do nothing for you. It would do nothing for me if that was the only thing that we were after. Nowhere in here does it say you must attain a certain title to be saved. Nowhere in here does it say when you get saved, you must get a certain title so everybody looks at you. Look at me. Everybody clap for Trevor, right? That's how I get to heaven. No one's going to clap for me. I'm not going to go to heaven now. But that's that's not how that works. Johnny's over. That's not how that works, right? That's See, I, I know I say it a lot, but when you say it out loud, doesn't it sound ridiculous? And you know that you actually know people who, who think those kind of ways. You don't have to say their names or admit it. I get all that. We're not going to do that here. We're not going to call people out. But... There are people who have to do that. They have to be in the limelight. They have to have certain things, certain labels. Again, we're naming all these things because, again, the next four weeks, the book of Judas, we go through it, it, it gets a little tough. And, and it gets a little wordy from time to time. And we're going to see some things that it, it might offend you a little bit. And to that, again, I say good. It should. It should all of us. Every one of us. But again, we're looking at certain things. Not only the wrong thinkings and misleading ideas, but again, what can only be said as the outright rejection of God's word. The things that Jesus taught us. The things that Jesus taught for the church. And the things that the world corrupts and says, well, Jesus never said that. Like, I'm pretty sure he did. We're going to look at all that. This letter is just as relevant today as it has been in any time in history, up to including the time it was written before that. It's just as relevant here today. And again, the more we get into this, the more I believe you will see this, just how important this book is, how much truth and wisdom is really being poured out. And again, the more we look at it, the more we will think, why did we wait so long to start to dissect and look and to study this book? But again, I hope that you're there. I hope you found it. Look at the book of Jude. Again, it's right before Revelation, all the way at the end. Just the first four verses here this morning as we kind of get into the opening. I hope you're there. I hope you found it. Starting in verse 1 of Jude, it says this, Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James, to those who are called loved by God the Father and kept for Christ Jesus, may mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Dear friends, although I was eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I found it necessary to write, appealing to you to contend for the faith that was delivered to the saints once and for all. For some people who were designated for this judgment long ago have come in by stealth. They are ungodly, turning the grace 
of our God into sensuality and denying Jesus Christ, our only master and Lord. Whoops, sorry about that. So as again, we look at this, uh, my first point, and I'm going to have some points here if you're a note taker, but uh, my first point we're going to look at is just a greeting, just a greeting, general openings, right? And if we look at the openings of books are really important. One, that's how we know that they were authentic because openings have actually lots of meaning and it sets the stage for the rest of the book. So I, I, I dare say when you are reading and studying, don't just breathe over, breeze over the opening real quick because it's actually really important. Just filled to the brim with theological insight. So again, we'll look at the greeting. Look at the greeting here that Jude writes. I do like how he opens this because he gets right to the point. He lets everyone know who he is and who he serves. Very important. I mean, it's like top of the list kind of important. He's letting everybody know who he serves. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then he says this. He says, and a brother of James. And I think this is fun. I like doing this. I'm going to assume most of you already know this, but I'm going to go through it anyway just because I like to. So follow along with me here. we got to look at who is James, right? We look at Jude's pointing out the fact that he's talking about James. So who is James? So now this may be not the most life-changing thing in the world, you know, in your whole life or the, be the biggest thing you've ever experienced. But I do think it's important for us to keep the Bible uh, as, as a whole and, and in context. Because if we take any part out of context, it'll have a domino effect, right? We can get a lot of stuff all whacked out, you know. So we look at this. Who is who is James? If you turn back, if you're if you're quick enough, back to the book of Acts, real quick. Acts chapter twelve. We'll see something real fast, but we have to kind of we have to you know go through the weeds a little bit here. So Acts chapter twelve, verses one and two says this. About that time, King Herod violently attacked some who belonged to the church, and he executed James, John's brother, with the sword. Okay, so. Right off the bat, that James, I think we can count him out because he was killed, right? Pretty obvious. Okay. We can get rid of him. That was James, the son of Zebedee. So because he was killed fairly early on, we know it wasn't him. So who is this James? Who is this James? But I do think it makes perfect sense that there is another James that Jude is referring to. He is likely referring to the leader of the church in Jerusalem. And this is talked about in Acts 15 and in Galatians 2.9. You don't have to turn there, but you can write those down if you want and check it out later. It's also the same James who is credited for writing the book of James, which we've all heard because it's in our Bibles, right? So, who is described here as James the Just as well? We, so, we're starting to get closer and closer to find out who Jude is talking about. So, this James was not a follower of his brother in the early years. Okay, so now we're starting to connect the dots, right? And when you see this, the picture starts to emerge that James, the author of this book that we're going over now, is in fact the brother, or at least technically the half-brother, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I really do, I think it's, it's just amazing how Jude chose to say it. I mean, I really do. The more you think about it, I, I, I'd like to think anyway you'd agree with me. But he chose to describe himself merely as a servant. He, he didn't say, I'm Jesus's brother. You should probably listen to me. No, he didn't say that. 
He's he, he used somebody else. He's like the brother of James, right? Pointing out that that's that's not what he was trying to do. He wasn't trying to say, look at me because of this. He was saying, if anything, I'm just going to write you because this is important. I'm just a servant of Jesus. Making it known who he was. Because again, it's important to understand that position means nothing. If you're not called to be there and if you're not doing it for the right reasons, it means zero. But again, he chose to merely say he was a servant. Yes, he notified the recipients of who he was, but made it known that he served Jesus Christ. Then he goes on to say who he is writing it to. <clears throat> As we continue on with this greeting, who is he writing it to? He's writing it to those who are called loved by God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ. He's writing to Christians. Now, I'm going to stop right there for just a second. And I want to say this. This whole book, these next four weeks as we go through this, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, this is for you, period. If you are not a follower of Jesus Christ, I'm sorry, this is not for you. You can use it, sure. But this is a message to the church, specifically. It's not an overly evangelical message. It's just not. But there is more so to the point that there is going to have to be something done by us. If you follow Jesus Christ, you have a job to do. And there are things that we have to be on the lookout for. There are things that we have to actually get done. We must do. Which leads me to my next point as we look at this. And then the second point is simply what he wanted to write about. I mean, these points aren't the most like, wow, awe-inspiring, but it's straight to the point, right? It's the greeting, and then this is what he wanted to write about. <clears throat> Excuse me. Verse 3 says this, Dear friends, although I was eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I found it necessary to write, appealing to you to contend for the faith that was delivered for the saints once and for all. <clears throat> Again, I think that's very straightforward. Judah's planning to write this letter. He wanted to talk about all that was going on. He wanted to write them and encourage them and be like, yeah, we're doing great. Salvation is awesome. You know, we just baptized 47 people the other day. All these things, right? We want, he, he wanted to just pour it on, have a great time. He wanted to let them know all these things that was going on, building up. He's like, I wanted to talk to you about salvation. I want to talk about the good things. Good stuff. I want to talk to you about how we can share the gospel. But that's not what happened. That's not what happened. He's saying, I wanted us to talk about stuff like that, but there's some things going on. And I have to write about something else. He said he found it necessary. Not, I think I should. Not... Let me start here, but we'll end in this other spot. He's like, no, this is so important. I'm going to forego all the really good stuff that we like to talk about because this is super important to where it's literally going to undercut the church if we don't stop this now. Which, again, if we fast forward about roughly 1,500 years, we that's why we had to have the Reformation because the same garbage was going on, and it took root. 
You ever tried to pull up a plant like a dandelion and just keeps coming back? You have to kill the root, right? You ever pulled out the ones that are literally three, four feet in the ground? It's because it's been there a long time and it's been neglected. And then it lets go, it lets it grow. So to keep going. And when you fertilize your yard, you see the pretty green grass, but that stupid dandelion's still there. It's the same way with garbage and heresy, wrong thinking, bad teaching, and false prophecy in the church. We let it go, and it grows, and it takes over eventually. But again, he says that he found it necessary that it had to be done. It must be done to contend for the faith. Now, what we need to realize and understand is this, that this was a critical time in the church. This was the early church. It was super critical. And Jude sees this, and he is telling others that now is the time. We have to be vigilant. We must defend the faith because this will come crashing down if we don't. Now, don't get me wrong. We have hindsight, right? We can look at all this. We knew Jesus was working. The church was not going to fail at that time. But if you were there and you've seen all this stuff going on and all these people trying to kill you, Romans trying to kill you, Jews trying to kill you, your neighbor trying to kill you, the dog trying to, everything's trying to kill you, you would know that if we don't do this right, this is going to get bad. And you were willing to face that death because you just saw Jesus Christ up walking around after you saw him put in the tomb. You know it's true. You're going to fight for it. And Jude has to remind us that. We have to remind ourselves that. I have to remind you that. You have to remind me that. That what we worship and what we do here is true and it's real. And we got to base it off what the Bible says. And when we do, we're going to have the courage to stand in front of whatever. No matter what or who's trying to kill us. Just how it is. And then he goes on to say there, he says that we must be vigilant. We must see these things. Because again, he found it necessary to write, appealing to contend for the faith that was delivered for the saints once and for all. That's for us. And Judah's writing to say that, that they share the same salvation. All of us do. So those that wish to do harm, those that want to change the gospel, those who want to spread false teaching, they have to be stopped. They have to be. Plain and simple. We don't spread lies. And I will tell you this right now. If, if we had somebody, say I'm going to be gone next week, and I had somebody fill the pulpit who, who, who would teach just some crazy stuff, who would you blame? And you should. And if, 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 say, the deacon body picked the person, who would you blame? You should hold us to a higher standard. I'm, I don't mean to speak for you guys, but I will speak for me at least, and, and, and you too, but I will. But you should hold us to a higher level. If you see us preaching or teaching things that aren't, true not just flat out lies i'm just saying things that are sketchy say something i literally do not care who it is 
Call them out. You don't have to be, don't be mean about it. Don't be a jerk about it. I'll be the jerk about it. But, but say something. I, I'm for, I, I couldn't be more serious. Call them out. If you hear me say something, I'd rather you not interrupt service. But as soon as we're done, let me know. I'm for real. We can't let false teaching go unabided. We can't. We have to say something. Because when we do that, all we're doing is leading people down a path that, again, leads to eternal destruction. For what? So I can sound right? No, not worth it. Not worth it. Again, Judas telling them, this must be stopped. And the way this is done is actually quite simple. Preach the gospel. This, I don't care about your opinions. You don't have to care about my opinions. We must preach the truth. I'll tell you this, and I'll say this a lot. I'm not trying to ramble, but this is a lot, and I want to try to get through this as best I can without missing things. But I'll say this a lot. is If you're offended by something that I'm preaching, I want you to know that I was probably offended before you because I was writing this. And if you are offended, good. That's how we're corrected. That's how we get brought back in line. If you're never offended by any preaching, I'm honestly sorry. I have very bad news for you. You might not know Jesus as good as you think you do. Because otherwise you're thinking you're perfect. You think you know everything. You think you've never sinned. If you can read through any chapter in any book of the, of the whole Bible and not be like, oh boy, I got bad news for you. We're not perfect. And if you think you do, then why did Jesus come? If you think you're perfect, why did Jesus come? We preach the gospel that was delivered to the saints once and for all. Not the man-made gospel. Not the gospel that sounds good, that sounds pleasing. The one that says everything's going to be all good. It's all sunshine and rainbows. Never preach that gospel. If you ever are visiting a church that, where everything is just happy, and you're like, when you walk out the door, you're going to be blessed. Don't believe that guy. Because he's not talking about the blessings of God. He's talking about getting things so that you come back and give him more things. That's all it is. Remember, I'm going to be a little forthwith on this one. I'm going to be a little blunt on this one because this is for us. This is for the church. And if we don't see these heresies, if we don't see these false teachings, we are sunk. We really, really are. That goes for all of us. We have to see these things. And I'm getting a little excited, a little loud. I want you to be too. This is big time stuff. This is huge. We need to see that the hope and the faith and the salvation is found in Christ alone, not in anything else. Nothing else. But again, he's saying that is what we have to tell people. It is Jesus, not us. Jesus. All the things that Jesus taught, all the things that the apostle taught, that is what we need to teach. That's what Judah is saying. He's saying that is what we need to teach. And it goes for us today, us. That is what we need to teach as well. 
not new age, not progressive, none of this stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make sure I don't offend somebody or I want to be inclusive. The church is not inclusive. It's the most exclusively inclusive organization there is. It's, 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 it sounds contradictory, but it's one way, but it is for everybody. But you don't get to make the rules to it. You don't get to make the rules to it. It's not anything other than the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is for all of us, because we are all called to be witnesses. We are all called to share the good news of Jesus. Your testimony, though amazing, I love testimonies. That's not the gospel. No matter how much you want it to be, it's not the gospel. It is the gospel in action. But you don't tell people your testimony expecting them to come to Jesus. That was yours. That's how he got you. Good chance he's never going to get anybody else like that. That was for you. You tell them the gospel of Jesus Christ, what Jesus did, not how he got you. We need to see these things. We preach Jesus Christ and him crucified. Those are the words of Paul. And I think he's trustworthy that we can mimic what he says. But again, we're called to share the good news of Jesus. And again, my last point, trying to move here as fast as I can. The last thing we're going to look at today is the ease of deceiving. How easily we are deceived. How quickly it can happen. Often right underneath our noses. Sometimes it's a slow fade. Sometimes it's an avalanche. But it often, most of the time, it happens in the face of believers. Verse 4 says this. For some people who were designated for this judgment long ago have come in by stealth. They are ungodly, turning the grace of our God into sensuality and denying Jesus Christ, our only master and Lord. You see, they, they sneak in. They look good, right? They sound good. They speak Christianese. They say the words we say. We look, they look the way that we look. And I'll tell you this. If you are not ready, if you don't know what the word of God says, and I don't say this in pointing fingers, and, and I'm, I'm honestly saying this so that you will know, but if you're not ready, you will be one of those who is deceived. That goes for me too. I mean, that's every one of us. If we're not prepared to see what truth is and what truth is not, we will be deceived. It will happen in our faces. And we won't even know it. We won't even know it. As we read here, it says they are ungodly. I, does anybody here want to be called ungodly? No, that's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. They have no issue with purposefully taking the Bible out of context to get to the point that they want. No problem bending it to fit what they think truth should be. Period. They deny the Lord Jesus Christ. And again, if we don't know what the scripture says, we will start to fall in line with what they teach. We just will. Why do you think there's so many denominations in this country who have so many people a part of them? Within this area. Friends of ours go to those churches. Churches. 
deceived. Dare I say, unless something happens, the Lord Jesus Christ saves them, obviously, and we should be doing our work. They will not be in heaven with you serving Christ. I will be blunt and say a lot of stuff that some people won't. I will be blunt and say a lot of things knowing that quite literally that camera right there is broadcasting this to anybody in the world. I do not care. There are denominations who teach outright heresies, damnable to hell, that say the Bible is garbage essentially, and yet they claim to preach Christ? How does that make any sense? Any at all? It it just doesn't. If you say that part of this is wrong, you're just saying, "My God, you're wrong. I'm right." <clears throat> I mean, come on. That's all they're doing. Well, let's just preach love, 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 and everything. Everything's okay, right? God never said that He was love, love, love. God said he's holy, holy, holy. And if you are not holy, 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 then you don't get to see God. Period. That's why Jesus Christ came. Because we never could. And you have to know him. And he has to know you. Plain and simple. We just, we get deceived though. Because again, they'll say, they'll take a verse out and go, look, it says this right here. The word the, and the word the means that you can do anything that you would like to do because it is the right way. See, that's in scripture. And if you're not, don't get me wrong, it's not that bad. But if you're not visual enough and thinking, you're going to say, I never noticed that before. And you'll be taken on the ride with them. And you will not like the destination. They don't care what a verse means as long as it fits what they want. And then they get you to believe what they're saying. Now, we'll say this. You have to be careful. As followers of Christ, we should do something, and that should be study, right? We should be striving after Jesus. How do we know Jesus better is to study his word and pray, right? We should do these things. Because, again, they do have part truth. These ungodly people who want to corrupt the church who want to get what they want they have part troops they really do because if they didn't it would be easy to see it they're gonna walk in jesus was a lizard you'd be like no get out right we, we, we would know i mean that, that's ridiculous but if they take the skin of the truth and stuff it with the great big lie but we don't know enough to defend it defend ourselves what we think we're going to be like, wow, they're, they're brilliant people. They're smart. They have, a, they have, they have wall, paper on their walls say they graduated from certain things. Oh, man, they were, they were ordained by this church. They must know what they're talking about. Like, I could care less. Your credentials mean zero if you can't back them up with truth. My credentials, I got lots of pieces of paper in my office. They don't mean nothing. If I'm not preaching what truth really is, plain and simple. But again, they take the skin of the truth and stuff it with a great big lie. And once you have bought that, they have you hook, line, and sinker. 
The same problem then is the same one we have today. There's no difference. There are those who are willing to take advantage of literally any situation to get what they want. Any situation. Take advantage of anything that they can get. Something for themselves. Some kind of gain for themselves. We have to be vigilant. Just as Jude is warning them here and calling them to action, we must be able to do and then actually do the same thing. Must be willing to actually do something. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't like to get up some days and actually do something. But we need to. We really need to. We need to step up to fight that good fight, to finish the race, and to not look back with any kind of regrets, to not hesitate going forward, but to study the word of God. And I just always try to find a way to use this word, but fervently seek him every day in any way that we can. And to tell the world that is it, the world hates us, but we're going to tell them because we don't want to see them perish because they're lost and they're dying. And again, we're going to tell them the truth of God. Not my truth because my truth is garbage. Not your truth because it's about the same as mine. But the truth of God, the one and only gospel, the only one that can save us. And that's that rock that we're going to stand on because it's the only one that has any real foundation to it. That's what we're going to do. And as the church, we're not going to let garbage infiltrate what we do and if i'm teaching garbage you're going to call me out if you're teaching garbage in one of the sunday school classes i may not be in your class somebody's going to call you out not to make fun of you not to kick you out but so that we can all be brought back into a line that way when we go out we have a solidified front and we're preaching Jesus. I'm not preaching a different Jesus than you're preaching. Because that will happen when we start teaching things that aren't revealed to us in the Bible. Or taking things that are in the Bible and saying, well, that's out of context. Because I don't like it. Ripping the page out throwing it away. As the church, we're called to die to ourselves. It means we don't get what we want. I didn't ask to be called to be a pastor. I love being one. I didn't ask this. <clears throat> if I had my way, I'd be up playing in pinstripes. <clears throat> right? We don't get the things that we want. But we have everything we need and we will in the life to come have everything we could ever, more than we could ever imagine, but we're not our own. If you are a follower of Christ, that means you're, you're not yours no more. You've been bought with the price and you are his. And that means you're changed. And it doesn't mean that you're going to perfect. That means you're not going to do everything, you know, exactly the way it is. But it does mean that we will have to die to ourselves to give up the things we want. Because yeah, it's, it's for our good, but it's for Jesus Christ's glory. And if that's not your aim, I'm not saying you're not saved. I'm saying that we need to be brought back into a line with Jesus because it is for his glory. That is our chief end to glorify Jesus. Amen. Father, again, we thank you for everything that you do, for who it is that you are. 
Lord, we thank you that there were people both that now and then who were willing to be bold. Just like Jude here as he prepares to give this, this short book, this short message about defending the faith, about seeing that there are real troubles. Lord, I pray that there will be those who you rise up and bring up, even now and today, even maybe hopefully within this congregation, Lord, that would be those staunch defenders of truth. In the face of much adversity, we would stand up in the standout because we are basing all we do on you, who is our solid rock. Again, Lord, we thank you for everything that you do. Lord, I pray that the words I said were as truthful as they could be. And Lord, again, I pray that our worship was like a rising aroma to you. Lord, we love you. We praise you. And again, we thank you for all that you do. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.